two lifelong best friends invade any and every topic on their minds. Nothing is off limits for Joshua Kahn and Bill Applequist. Listen now to their latest subject subjugation. It's this week's Con Quiz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conquest Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Khan, alongside with my co-host, Bill Apaquist. Hey! Bill, son, how are you doing today? Dude, I, I, I'm coming up two days off. Nice! Yeah, it's nice. Nice. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight. So uh, we are going to do our Week in Review, drink some beer, we have a special guest in studio, and we're going to talk about competition. Mm-hmm. So let's get right to this beer. Bill-san, take oh, it away, buddy. Yes. Okay, cool. I get to open this first. Yeah, you get to have at it. All right. Mine, and by the way, this totally makes up for last week. <laughs> this thing is beautiful. The shock, we'll just call it the Shock Top Debacle. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was the Shock Top episode. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so this is a, how do you pronounce this? Mephistopheles? Mephistopheles. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I knew the, I knew the name, but I just don't know how to pronounce I've the name. I've seen Cats the musical, so. Mr. Mephistopheles. I've never is seen that? Cats the musical. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'm a heterosexual I'm a, male. I'm a theater um, major. So this is, this is a Mephistopheles <laughs> stout from Avery Brewing Company. It is by far the most fancy, uh, as far as like decor bottle that i received i mean it has like the foliage of the top that i had to break open before and i see no pairings god damn it uh someday says mephistopheles (laughs) is the crafty shapeshifter the second fallen angel who does not love light kieran the patiently lies waiting and willing to do your bidding but for a price Enter into the darkness, and tangled an intricate labyrinth of bittersweet rapture. Hmm. Brew with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, turbine sugar, hops, and a hellion of a Belgian yeast strain. That was a, that was a real sexy read. <laughs> you should real dramatic and. <laughs> you should hear my books on Audible. <laughs> Speaking this... of Audible, where's our freaking sponsorship? Right, we are a podcast, and you sponsor every podcast. Every Audible. single podcast. <laughs> Amazon, where's our link? <laughs> oh, God. On a side note, you, Audible is great. <laughs> Dude, that is beautifully bitter. Yeah? Yeah, it, ha- it is like your your old school stout where like, it's going to kick you in the pants and it's going to be delicious at the same time. <laughs> it's like if you're cooking, like, like say you're cooking ground turkey... You know, ground turkey tastes like paper. So you take every single spice out of the cupboard. You just pour everything in there. <laughs> and you're just like, it's going to taste like something. This is That's what this tastes like. Something. <laughs> nice. Really, Way to really narrow down the field on that one. I am the best at this. All it tastes right. like something. It does. Can you, what was the, what's the name of it again? It is... Meth. Meth. It's a beer. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, oh I love Try it. Try reading yours, Josh. Let's see how right, good you well, do. Go ahead and pass me the, the, oh, open, the no, bottle opener. No, here. I have to see you do it with your hands. <laughs> bare, bare knucklet. Uh, I have, ooh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Oh, boy. Uh, blueberry Blonde. Did I, did I get that right? Is that all the, yeah. <laughs> it is brewed, an ale brewed with natural blueberry flavor. So that's nifty from, was it, Big Muddy Brewing? Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. 
Let's uh, let's crack this bad boy open. You have to use either end. There you go. Yep. Oh. With our fancy double-ended bacon and beer festival bottle opener. Sponsor. <laughs> Unwitting sponsor because I just got it while I was at the bacon and beer festival. We got it for free. Right. So uh, it's let's... a sponsor. That is that is blueberry. That is a, a nice blueberry beer. You're welcome. Yeah. Six percent alcohol, so you know. Yeah, get you drunk. Yeah, we're what was mine? Getting the party started. Whatever. What, what was mine? NBD. What is yours? I don't know. Give me batch number twelve. What's it called again? Mephistopheles <laughs> Stout. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Fourteen point six. Oh. Well then. Well, I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, and now we have uh, for our, our this is going to be our first guest beer review. Yeah, uh, we have Tyson here. Tyson, go ahead and just uh, cry. Tell tell everybody what you're drinking today. Uh, I'm drinking a bottom up wit from Revolution Brewing. It's out of Chicago. It's a can. It yeah. is <laughs> only the second time we've had cans on this podcast. I know it's a legendary thing. Now. <laughs> eh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's average. It's it's a it's a it's a keg beer. It's nothing nothing to balk at. It's a, it's a get you drunk beer. Is what you're saying? Yeah. It, this this thing's meant to be consumed in mass, in mass. quantities. Yeah. 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 Not not enjoyed. Just drink a lot of it. And shut up. <laughs> Just get going. I really want to get because uh, I've heard uh, a friend of mine had it in Chicago from a keg and said that it was way better from a keg, which everything yeah. is better from yeah. a keg. But uh, for the longest time, I've been trying to get the speakeasy to get it for when we do bottoms up shows. Mm-hmm. Like it's a perfect pairing. Well, it's great. Well, it's like the beer that I had in that mini episode that has yet to be published. <laughs> uh, spoiler that tasted amazing while I was drinking it from you know the tap at a bar. Yeah, it was so good. And I got a, I got a, it came in cans. Yeah, and then I drank a can of it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> such such disappointment. Damn, damn shame. It's not the same. Uh, well, damn. There's our beer review. We fucking nailed it. Nailed it. Congratulations, <laughs> gentlemen. We did it again. Five star reviews. Yes. Uh, so now it is time to get into our week in review. Indeed. Um, and man, we've had a doozy of a couple weeks. Yes. So, we have. Uh, uh, Billson, go ahead and uh, take it away, man. Well, Tell me about your week. How's the, your week? The w- my week has been filled with my new job. Um, building, Congratulations. Building yeah. a store. Awesome. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work, because I went for a whole year of just sitting on my ass, <laughs> and gained a bunch of weight, and I hadn't moved, and my legs were completely fatigued. Like, every time I go and do just, like, 10 or 15 air squats, my legs are hurt so bad the next day. <laughs> yeah. Now, take that to where my... Okay, so I'm not even going to exaggerate here, okay? So these are actual numbers. Oh. These are not alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> my average walking rate... According to my pedometer, which was my watch, which I forgot today, dang it, and it was about six hundred steps a day, back at the old job. Okay, that's that's not a whole lot. That's nah. not a that's not a lot. Not a whole bunch. No, that's mostly walking to and from my car. Right. That's pretty much <laughs> it. That's, that's quite <laughs> low. It's like, I yep. think it, <laughs> Every day this week, I have surpassed fifteen hundred steps. No, jeez. Yeah. All right. Or, I'm sorry, not fifteen hundred. Fifteen thousand. Whoa. My bad. 15,000. Okay. 15,000. Yeah. 15, that is. Steps. Yeah. So, like, uh, typically on those pedometers, like, what, 10,000 is it, typically what they want people to move. Well, at. For, for my, okay. So, my last job, since I didn't move hardly at all, it brought it down. Can, like, can you at least please just do 6,000? <laughs> give me six. <laughs> your pedometer's begging you to please? get off your ass. Oh, it is. It, it pings <laughs> if I don't get up. It's like, get up and move, you lazy ass. 
So now it's just like, you need to slow down. <laughs> but it, it took Your a... Your pedometer thinks you're constantly running from danger. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, do you, it says, do you want me to call the cops <laughs> halfway through the day? Emergency dial 911? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> so it, it it's definitely taken a long time for my body to start to adjust, and I'm not all the way there yet. Um, I remember my first three days was just hell on my knees and my legs and my, especially my feet. Um, it was so bad that I went out and I got one of those sport insoles. Yeah. And which made it 40 times worse. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I nothing's worse than every single step feels like you're stepping on nails. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, I've been here two hours. I have eight more of these to go <laughs> because we work tens oh, now. Tens? Yeah. Well, as well, a lead, I work tens. Are sure. you in steel toes right now? Because the store's still under construction. Nope. Okay. Nope. So I'm wearing. Sure in, I'm wearing like, uh, shoes. Yeah, Merrill hiking boots. Okay. Which are really nice. They're super comfortable, except when you're taking you know so many steps on a flat, hard surface. Do they keep you at forty-hour weeks? Mm -hmm. or, okay. Yep. That's good. Uh, well, I made overtime last week of. I think I went to 57 hours last week. Yeah. It was a good week. Yeah, so it was it was pretty it was pretty full. Um, well, that was like what? The second week the place has been open? We're not open. Oh, you're, you're we're still, still oh. we're building the store. Oh, I see. From the inside. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, first couple days I was just building everything, moving shelving units, building gondolas, H-frames, all that kind of stuff. And we finally have started getting getting product in and the store is filling up really nice. I'm really looking forward to my 25% off for like jet, jet yeah. pools and new all that, all new packs and all that. So it's going to be kind of fun. Jason's um, going to hear this podcast and give you a call immediately and be like, so. <laughs> so what can you do for me? I so figure, boundary water. I figure I'll just buy two of everything and then we'll be good. Because <laughs> he's going to want one regardless. So you yeah. Just, I just realized you like totally traded Jason. Yeah. Because now Jason, I think, has more of a desk job. Yeah, he's going to have a sit down job. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to be. Well, so. I told you I was going to be a carpenter for a while. And right. I'm just I'm looking back at him and I'm like, wow, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> my body would just give it out on the third day. There's no way I could have done that. But Nine, yeah, I think, I think the one thing that I'm, I'm learning that I, I like the most about the new job isn't even the job itself or where I'm working, which is awesome. I love working at camping because that's my bag. Sure. But it's actually the leadership roles that I get to play. You know, actually, I, I get to have people like under me now. So where I can be like, hey, okay, I'm going to delegate these things to you. Go ahead and own it. You know, I'll check up on you in a little bit. And, you know, then I actually get to do be a leader, which is sure. what I wanted to do. You know, well, that's you're, why you're not a micromanaging kind of person, too. I'm so. not really a micromanager um, unless I need to be. Sure. Um, if I like, for example, I got somebody new and I'll micromanage them for the first day, you know, and if, if they're like, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, I'll do it and get it done. Sure. And then they actually do get it done. Then I'm like, OK, I can I can let off the gas a little bit on them. I know they have it under control. Yeah. But if, if, say, they mess it up or something, then I'm like, okay, I need to stay on them. Sure. You know? Especially well, if people are new. It's the amount of management that someone needs. I don't necessarily yeah. think that's micromanaging. Well, not only that, but, I mean, in May, I'm going to be 31. You know, I can't imagine being that old already. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm there with a bunch of, you know, high schoolers. And some people that are out of high school and some older people. But, like, it, it's different. You know, I'm going into a, a retail business, which normally takes you know younger people so yeah. i'm coming in already as a leadership position just because of my age and my experience sure. so that that helps out a lot yeah so yeah you can take them on a team building exercise to one of my shows yeah you know? i should yeah no um <laughs> i've totally i've had people do that bring like they come with their employees to one of my shows and like usually a comedy show mm -hmm. and then uh they're you know, 18, 19 year old coworkers think they're so fucking cool because they're friends with the guy who was hosting the show uh -huh. and they just like go nuts about it. 
as opposed to like a few years down the road, it's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> when you're like 18, 19 and you can't just go out whenever you want yeah. and it has to be specific things, yeah. it seems like a big fucking deal. See, I don't remember that at all. When I was 18, <laughs> I just kind of went out. You just, like, just, just, just went out and did whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. kind of went out and didn't really... <laughs> when you're, I was, in, you're in America. When, <laughs> like, if you got cash, you can get anywhere. Yeah. It's true. When I, when I was out, I didn't go out. So, or like when I was 18, 19, sure. I didn't go out. I was a very big homebody. And anyway, to conclude, my whole thing is like doing tarpons is really hard now because sure. my legs are so like numb oh, yeah. after such a long day that I go there. I'm just like, I'm going to teach sitting down. <laughs> so we're going to learn a lot of guard stuff. So I want to be on my back. And then you just fall asleep yeah. on the mat. I'm just like, okay, good. No, you're doing, you're, you're doing great. Let's just say my side control has never been so easy to maintain. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're on top of me. Good. Good. <laughs> How about you? I know you got some big news. Oh, my God, dude. My week in review is going to be insane. So I'm, I'm going to ramp up. I'm going to start low. Uh, as you, you noticed by the new addition to the studio, I have my championship, uh, the totally rad champion of 2016. How'd that occur? Uh, so... Uh, I was at an uh, 80s game party, so all of the games on there, the, e the I played the E.T. board game, the A-Team board game, Reganomics, wow. all this stuff, and they tallied scores, and I won first place in the overall score totals, because it's me and games, yeah. and I get real aggressive if I'm not winning. Yeah, I'm glad I you won a trophy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so I was like once I found out that first place got a prize, oh, I was, it was like on. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm in. Well like so. normally you're a very talkative person, <laughs> but when there's a trophy involved for a video game, yeah, the man. talking stops. Uh, yeah. It yeah. is it's all serious. game face. It is focus up and do right. Yeah. The whole way and well and talking's my my major strategy through most of that stuff. Like like for Reganomics, the the point of the the way that game plays it's like a monopoly board. But you have, like, four, you have, like, uh, military, HUD, uh, and, like, two other government subsidies that you have to divide your money across, and when and they have a budget, and when you hit the budget, in all four, you win. Hmm. But you can't just swap money anytime. There's, like, certain conditions, and there are things people, like, cards people can play huh. to make you switch your money and stuff. So what I did was I just kept talking never letting people realize that I was very uh, specifically setting my money in the places that I was. Yeah. So that way, because I knew, like, there's there was, like, a certain point where if you do, like, uh, make it around, like, kind of like the pass-go thing. Yeah. Uh, you can also, there's also a space that lets you shift some money. And I was like, all right, I have two strategies here. I can either make it around the board, like, while I was by the end, I was like, I can either land on this space, or my next turn will make it around the board, and I've got it either way. You So I just ramped up the talk factor, so nobody you, paid attention so you, to how you close I was. literally lulled them to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this, this, I can totally see Josh doing this, especially in, like, a game like Uno, to where he'll, like, have a whole sentence in the middle of, like, you know, I was really watching a lot of movies, and then I came across this one called Juno, and then, you know, he just completely stated, and everybody's like, okay, he's talking about things. Instead, yeah. he's actually calling Uno. Exactly. And I could see you doing that. I, I am a shady son of a bitch when it comes to games. I cannot help myself. <laughs> uh, so so that's our fun new addition to the studio, so that lives here now. Uh-huh. Um, then uh, other big news, we had our first day of filming for Missing Biscuits last night at yep. uh, SCW Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, and that show was insane. 
It was so fucking good. Yeah, I saw somebody jumped off like a window ledge. Oh my god! Uh, so and uh, and I'll touch back on this when we get to uh, the, our main topic, but he, uh, the two wrestlers, Eddie Machete and Zicky Dice, were uh, like they've been like feuding for a while, and uh, yeah, like the, the it spilled over. The action spilled outside the ring, and uh, you, what you didn't see in the video that or uh, did you see the video that was posted? I saw a video, but it it was him jumping from window ledge onto a table, right. So before that, he, like, uh, shoulder-pressed the dude onto the steel steps. Ooh. Yeah. And, like, threw him into him a bunch. Like, he, like, wrecked his world. And then, yeah, he pulled out the table, set him up, and then climbed. uh, So it's on the floor, and so it's right in front of the announce table. So the guy climbed the stairs, climbed the railing behind the announce table, Realized he couldn't get his footing, so he went a level higher onto the rail, and then frog splashed over the announce table, wow. threw the guy through the table. Oh, that's epic. It was amazing. And we got it, like, so we're filming for, because the Missing Biscuits is a pro wrestling movie, and so we're filming to, like, you know, show, like, montages of stuff. The second that happened, like, I'm in one corner, and we have, uh, we had a camera guy right next to the table, we had somebody else on the far side of the ring, we had a GoPro attached to a ring post all the way at the other end. All four of those cameras got a nice, clear angle of it, and oh. I was like, can that just be the movie? Can we just <laughs> show that frog splash? Like, Perfect. And then, I, and then we were talking about, like, let's do all the, all the opening credits, is Eddie Machete just frog splashing through yeah. all of the opening credits? It's beautiful. <laughs> you, can ma- you can just mash it together like a James Bond montage. Exactly. Go through. <laughs> oh man, that that show was insane. So good. Uh, their next, uh, I think it's the next show coming up. They're doing it at the Cole Ballroom here in Davenport. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make it to one. And of uh, and X Pac is gonna be there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they've got X Pac. So that's cool. Yeah, gonna see if maybe we can do some more stuff with them. Now to this isn't gonna be like a it. screech appearance, is it? God. Where they're like, hey, yeah, X Pac's gonna be here. Wait, hold on, he stabbed a guy. Okay, well, I mean, if X-Pac stabs a guy, I guess not. Well, <laughs> I guess it will yeah, be the same thing. That's true. Goddamn screech. Uh, and then my my final big thing for, for Week in Review is uh, over the past uh, two weeks, I have uh, applied for a voice acting job mm-hmm. for uh, the ParCast Network, which uh, has podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and all that. Um, they have two shows out right now. They have a third show launching in two weeks, and uh, so I recorded some some uh, voiceover stuff uh, and sent it to them. Then I get an email back because they were like, "Send it to this guy." Great, they send it back to me, uh, and the the guy's like, "Hey, uh, listen to your stuff. Very impressive. When can you like talk?" So uh, so hold on, were you just doing like your voice, or were you doing like the Ghost of Vaudeville voice, or no, what? Just uh, I I did two. Two readings, I did, like, a good and a bad. Like, I did one as, as, like, a serial killer, and then I did one as, like, um, like a cop kind of a thing. Like, so you did yourself in a cop? Pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much. Yeah. And so I sent them off, and, yeah, they sent me back, so that it was great. They wanted to do an interview. At this point, I find out that I am corresponding with the CEO of the company. Oh, oh that's and awesome. I did not know that. So when I, the, the, I, not the person who I initially talked to, but I guess it, it you know, went up the ladder. And so he called me uh, to have a phone interview uh, this past week uh, while he was on his Bluetooth in LA traffic, which was great. Mm-hmm. And just kind of did a real casual interview. And uh, it sounds like 
if everything checks out with uh, the sound quality, because I will be the only performer they have on staff that isn't in L.A. Oh, really? Uh. So they were like, we need to make sure that the quality you record in matches our quality, so that way it doesn't sound funny when we put them together. You might need to get stuff. some equipment. Right, well, I was uh, I did it in Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded it in Devin's basement. That's oh, where I recorded okay. my audition, because he's got a whole setup down there. Yeah. Um, and it helped because he was there to, like, monitor Tweak all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, make it sound nice and crisp. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to find out uh, early this week. He said he's going to get back to me. And if it's good, then we're just going to move forward. If it's not the right quality, he's going to give me the specs that the sound engineer gives him to be like, here's what you need to do to make it that quality. Right. I'll record something else, send it back, and we'll kind of repeat the process. Yeah. But the great news is that uh, by doing this, I'm not only eligible for the show that I auditioned for, but as they produce new shows, the voice cast is eligible to be eligible to be cast in every show across their network. Oh, that's nice. big. Yeah. Now, do they know about this show? They do not. Oh, might be something you want to drop. Yeah, I'll, I'll so, mail well, if, if you want to get syndicated. You know, you know? Let, me, let me get the job first. And well, we'll yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I've had so many, like, ever since I, I posted on Facebook about it, uh, it's like the most liked status I've ever had in my whole life. There's like almost 300 people who've either liked and commented on it when I posted about my interview. And I've gotten, beyond those, I've gotten so many calls and texts about like, hey man, where did you apply for this? And like, (laughs) how do I get involved? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, dude, calm down. (laughs) How about let me see if I get this job first before you go hounding me for a bunch of details. Exactly. Like, I can't hook you up if I don't have anything to hook you up with. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not how this works. And and really, all things considered, a lot of people are like, hey, can you give me a job? You don't want to give them a job. (laughs) They're the last people. There's a reason why they're asking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's not the... yeah, there's a reason why they don't have that connection already. Exactly, yeah. It's It, it becomes an issue. It does. Uh, but yeah, so that is, uh, that's my big news, and we'll find out uh, on next week's Conquest podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll announce the the, t- cool. the turnout of that, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. That's cool. Uh, More importantly than you getting a life-changing phone call, what'd you do with your awesome weather days? Did you go outside at all? My Oh, uh, well, I worked through most of it, oh, and then... You. Betsy yeah. and I, uh, actually, uh, Betsy got home from work, sent me a text and was like, we have two options. Do you want to go drink beer on a patio somewhere mm-hmm. or do you want to open all the windows and drink beer inside? And I was like, <laughs> drink beer. Inside. I want to drink beer yeah. inside. That sounds like a Josh so, move. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, all weekend I was drinking and just, and yeah. oh man. And then hanging out at the SCW show, yeah. spending as much time outside as possible. Yeah. It was glorious. Yeah, yesterday I I did quite a bit. I helped my dad drop a tree and got some firewood for that. And then today I washed my truck for three hours. <laughs> That's it. Just nice and leisurely. Just, just... yeah, oh yeah. I was gonna, I was going to go to the outdoor show, and then I realized I work at an outdoor show, so I was like, <laughs> I have no reason to go there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's our, our week in review. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our interview with our very special guest. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, this part of our show has been brought to you by the Conquest Podcast. It is a podcast where two guys talk about anything and everything on their minds. Even if they don't know anything about it. Nothing. So if you want to hear something like that, well, good, because you're already listening to our show. So just go ahead and keep listening then. Thank you so much. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Today, we are interviewing my bane of existence at Tarpons. <laughs> the one man that can pin me down and make me scream like a girl to get him off of me. 
Mr. Ty Beckman. How's it going, sir? It's going well. How are you? Um, happy that we're not fighting. Um, <laughs> so Ty and I go way back. Um, let me let me tell you a quick origin story. First, I didn't know that w- he was a mutual friend of ours. Right. Until yeah, that the was day a surprise. We were we were actually fixing your roof here. Yeah. And I was like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and I found he's actually a friend you of yours too. You so. did not look happy. To no. See that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Like I showed up just to whoop your well, ass. No. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had have you ever had a nightmare and then you you go downstairs and you find out there is a killer clown in your basement? That was that day to me. So that ties really well into our origin story. So we had we had met and we've we've never actually rolled before. And so I saw him the next day at Tarpons. And this shark bastard here wears a white belt. <laughs> So I'm a white belt in jiu-jitsu. Because he's, yeah. he, he's a white belt in jiu-jitsu. Notice the air, <laughs> the, the air quotes that I'm doing that no one else can yeah. see. Air quotes are great for a podcast. They're amazing. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, he's a white belt. That's cute. And, uh, you know, we slap hands and bump knuckles and all that. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I'm going to take it easy on him. I don't want to. He's my friend now. I know him officially. I'm not going to go crazy on him. And then he proceeds to whip the living hell out of me. <laughs> He gets me in Scarfold and just chokes the life out of me from that position. And ever since then, my main goal is to not get in Scarfold. Guess which position we get in every single time we roll. Case of God. Scarfold. Yeah. Case of God in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a judo guy. He's he's one of them. One of them judo. One of them judo guys that... Okay, okay. So here those they're the ones who control all the gold in the country. Yes. (laughs) Those judo. (laughs) <laughs> that in the media <laughs> the stout is Mephistopheles stout is making me slow <laughs> the, the dawning of realization yeah. across your face was priceless though <laughs> so there's a group of guys at Tarpons that do judo and you can always tell who they are because they have the much broader geese like they look like Dragon Ball Z shoulder pads got it <laughs> like they're pretty big he didn't have one of those. He had a standard jujitsu gi, white belt. Everything looked like it was going to be a good time. <laughs> so that's my origin story with Ty Beckman. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Right, so, now I feel like the meme, the, the South Park meme, was like, if you do this, you're going to have a bad, bad time. time. <laughs> okay. Don't do jujitsu. Okay. Uh, so, Ty, why don't you tell us like what got you... Uh, so, obviously, you started with judo. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do anything before that? Before uh, judo? I did wrestling in high school, yeah. and then I did some of it in college. So what made you take the jump from wrestling to judo? Um, after I got, because I played uh, college football, yeah. so I was much bigger. And I essentially wanted to, I wanted to do something again. I was doing powerlifting. I got tired of it. I hated the grind of it. Sure. It was, it's, for those of you who don't know powerlifting, or it's a bit like track competition-wise for guys who throw, it's a lot of practice and maybe eight seconds of actual <laughs> sure. competition. And then that's this it. sounds just like my sex life. <laughs> it, it's for me. I'm not knocking those sports, but for me, it, I didn't enjoy it. I got, I got bored of it. So I was like, well, I want to do something. I just don't want to come in and weightlift or come in and do something like that. So, um, I found judo and I was like, okay, I'll do judo. I know what judo is. I've seen it in the Olympics and I fell in love with it. My first day, uh, I hit what's called uh, a sotogari, right, which is a, a major reap. What's and a reap? 
reap is when you um i don't know anything about judo okay so uh when you when you reap someone it's like literally like like you're reaping like you're slashing oh okay right think of like a sickle sure right so uh it's an outside reap and i essentially i you bounce you off balance an opponent to one leg and then you reap that leg it's a really it's a it's a pretty hard fall yeah sounds like it but the person i did to uh kyle one of my friends there recovered well and then he proceeded to take his lapel, right? So the inside part of his uh, gi jacket, mm-hmm. wrap it around my neck, begin to choke me. Whoa. And Holy I stood up. shit. I stood up <laughs> and I literally asked him, like, you can fucking do that? And he goes, yeah. Like, confused. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <That's a> <laughs> and I've been, I've been going ever since. <laughs> I didn't know street fight rules were in this. <laughs> well, like Next you time had, you like, wrestle, you, you roll have, like, your knuckles like, in glass. Because well, and... I'd always come from, like, folk style wrestling. Mm-hmm. Did folk style and Greco. And there's nothing to hold on to. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, it's a singlet. Yeah. So, and you can't grab that. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, there's something to grab. And you can use it to choke people with. I'm like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like, I've been like in the candy shop ever since. It's like a weapon you can wear. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, I've had to learn, like, to tone down, like, a lot of your movements. Because you can't, when you when you have that gi on, you can't move like you would see folk style wrestling and, like, everything yeah. I've been trained in before. Because if somebody gets a grip of it, you're just going to be, they're just going to parry you the whole time like they're a bullfighter. And yeah. they're going to do no, en- use no energy. <laughs> and you're going to be... <gasps> <laughs> and that happened to me for a solid month. And I was like, okay, I can't move like I do in wrestling anymore. Yeah. So, but pretty much since that first day, I've been hooked. It's That's been a blast. Awesome. And what belt are you? I'm a green, technically. Okay. I should probably be like a brown. Like, I don't. I don't. I <laughs> yeah, don't, he I, should. I don't. I've never really. I don't really care about the <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> about the the belt thing. It's like I'm gonna come there because it's not those belts to me in my mind anyway. Like in in judo, when you go to competition. Uh, all the geese are white. All the belts are white or blue, right? Even though, like, even if you're in the like the unranked thing, you don't you don't wear your black, right? Unless you're okay. in, like the Olympics, uh, it's white or blue. So it's like it doesn't. It, it, the belt really doesn't it's matter not, to me as yeah. the wins and losses do. Gotcha, right? Because okay. there's plenty of black belts out there that I can go out there and manhandle. <laughs> and I've I've <laughs> done awesome. it. I've done it in tournaments. Gone out and gone out sitting there, seeing what my rank is, and I've just gone out and just pummeled them. <laughs> You look for like for somebody who's as far away from you on the list on the list of rankings as possible, and you're like, "That's who's going down." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a terror. I mean, he really is. And the cool thing is, is he has a bit of a legend status at the oh. gym. Uh, I don't know if he knows it or not, but like everybody knows him. Like he is the guy that has the craziest top pressure of anyone there. Like he, <laughs> he doesn't weigh 600 pounds, but he feels like he weighs 600 pounds. <laughs> And, and I'm okay. I'm not. I'm gonna toot my horn just a smidge. Sure, <laughs> toot it. I'm. I'm not terrible. I kind of know what I'm doing in the whole jujitsu department. <laughs> he makes me feel like a six year old child. He <laughs> legit you, does. Did you tell him the news that you told me? Which one? The you said you were gonna tell him when he got here. You're pregnant. Oh no, I forgot what I was gonna tell him. He's the, pregnant. The triangle. Oh yeah. I, I hit my first triangle. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I, hit my first triangle. I never hit a triangle. I never hit a triangle either. I never hit a triangle. You guys can't see us right now, but. Bill and I aren't the tallest people in the no, world. No, we have stubby little legs. <laughs> yeah. So I hit my first triangle. I was so happy. That's cool. That's cool. And people that don't understand, that is actually a, like a legit achievement. Like getting a triangle on somebody is not the easiest thing. I mean, there's a lot of little technique there yeah. that you got to know. And I'm garbage. I'm garbage out of 
out of guard. Yeah. I, I always go to half guard, and then from there I get just become Underhook real tight. Up. Yep. Real tight, and all of a sudden I'm, I am back on top again. Yeah. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I noticed. You don't play on your back very much at all. No. It's like you're a top game guy. Yep. I, I try, like, I'll let people come, like, come on top of me, and I mm-hmm. st- strictly practice getting off my back. I'm not going to yeah. attack off my back. I'm going to attack when I'm on top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an attack on back guy, which doesn't... See, okay. <laughs> I, I gel very well with a certain type of person. Like, yeah. if I, my technique goes very well against people who are not explosive. They can be good, just not explosive. Ty is very explosive. <laughs> <laughs> he, when he wants out of a position, he moves in a microsecond the distance it would take me a full two seconds to move. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. His spin is just intense. Nice. I mean, he'll throw you fast. So I mean, you, you know, especially I know now. Like, when <laughs> I watch out for that, yeah. When yeah. I when I see him coming, I'm like, I'm in for a bull ride. Here we go. <laughs> see if I can stay on top for eight seconds. That's, and I was I was actually using that analogy with with somebody um, the other day. It's like when you're on the bottom, mm-hmm. it's like you can take your breath as long as you're not getting pressured and you're watching position. But as soon as you choose to go, you need to go. There's yeah. no. There's no well. I go half, and, uh, and then no. Mm-hmm. You gotta go. <laughs> if you're gonna, you're gonna sit there and waste the energy. If you, if you don't, yeah, you go. Well, I was actually, I was teaching this in class on Friday uh, to Josh Mercer, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him, and I was, uh, I was telling him, it's like, you know, because my style matches very well against him. I can do what's called floating, and I just float on top of him. I just go side control to mount, back to side control to back. You know, just <laughs> I can do whatever I want, and I, I love Josh. He's one of the greatest guys in the world. But I was telling him, like, if, if if you want out of that position, you have to dedicate that move to get out. You can't be like, oh, okay, that didn't work. I'm going back to my back. I'm going to lay here for a while. <laughs> it just doesn't sure. work. You know, I'm just going to ride through that, and I'm going to get on top again, and I'll be fine. You just got to commit. It's, it's, not even, it's not even a commit. I mean, you have to tell yourself that you're getting out, do or die. Like, it's either I'm getting out of this, or I'm going to perish in, in, the, tra- in the attempt. Because, or else you're just not going to get out of it, period. And you have to have the technique to be able to do it. I mean, just muscling somebody off of you is not going to work in jiu-jitsu or judo. It's just not going to work. Oh, fair you, enough. Normally, if you could do something like that, you'll end up getting caught, and then you'll have to tap. Yep. yep. <laughs> did <laughs> you know, terrible. did you know, Josh is going to come to one of our classes. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, my God, you got to let me know what day. We yeah, talked about it fun. in our, our New Year's resolution. I'm our debating. New Year's resolution podcast. I'm debating, because Josh isn't the most, you know, he's a little bit of a fragile flower. I am a delicate. So I don't really want to kill him, but at the same time, <laughs> I want him to get the true feeling of what jujitsu is like. I would suggest one of your classes then that you're. Well, teaching. yeah, one of the okay. beginner classes. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it would be a class that I'm teaching, so I can have full control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't really know which pressure to put on him. Like, I don't know if I should go thirty percent, or if I should go twenty-five percent, or how I should, do that, or who I should have him roll against. Like, if Georgie's there, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't trust him. Against Georgie. <laughs> Georgie, Georgie, just depends. Yeah. George, Georgie might be like, "Yeah, I didn't have a good day." Yeah. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> Georgie, okay, so Georgie's a big sweetheart. Yeah. He's the biggest sweetheart, but he is insanely strong, and gotcha. he's a very good wrestler. So, I mean, he's he's a blue belt that he's a lot better than me. Gotcha. So, and that's that's the weird thing about tarpons is like you never really know because <laughs> we have so many good white belts and so many good low blues that like my four stripes mean nothing. Like, legit mean nothing. Like, I was the same rank as Fenton for a while until he finally got his purple with Banzai. And I'm just like, dude, the contrast is so night and day. It's like the, the it's like a pigeon versus a hawk. 
You know, it's like, yeah, we're both birds. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's, I got that's that. That's a great analogy. Nate's, Nate's pretty. Nate's good. I, I remember the first time I got to go against Nate because it was right when uh, my judo club moved to Tarpons. Mm-hmm. And this was before he, they had the Davenport. So it was just Bettendorf and Moline. And so I'm going in there. I'm like, okay, well, we're sharing the mat. And the judo guy, the three of us just end up joining the jiu-jitsu class just because the you've never been to the Bettendorf. Bender location is not big. I have I've it's, seen it's it because I just went to Olive yeah. Tree. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so it's, it's peaked, pretty small. I it, peeked in. It, it's it's tiny. So I was like, well, there's not enough room because judo requires a lot of room, a lot of space. There's a lot of you're, well, you're standing the whole time. Yeah, or you're supposed to be standing the whole time. <laughs> and uh, so just okay, we'll just roll with you guys. You know, it's all it's all our mantra is because we're judo and sambos. It's all grappling. Yeah, grappling, right? grappling. So I'm sitting there and I do a cut pass because Nate, again, I switched my belt out. I put my white belt on because I'm doing jiu-jitsu. Sure. And Nate's like, okay. And he had, I think he had the same thing Bill is. And I sit there and I did a cut pass and all of a sudden he was in my side control and I had a knee on belly and his eyes were real big. So I was there pulling <laughs> and he goes, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the cool thing about jiu-jitsu, and I don't know if it's the same way in judo, you know, tell me, but there's a, there's like a download process. As soon as the person gets a grip on you, you have a pretty good understanding of where they're at in the ranking of things. Yeah. Like, for example, like, um, Deshin. Have you ever gotten to roll with Deshin? Yep. So, like, he'll grab me. I'm like, oh, okay. I can do whatever I want. I'm fine. Yep. But, <laughs> not no offense to him, but, like, say, Ty will grab me. I'm like, oh, okay. Or Bob Bershers. Mm-hmm. He'll grab me. He's got the grow man farmer strength. To where I'm like, he's going to take this arm and he's going to keep this arm. I'm not getting this arm back. Yeah, this is over. So, yeah, there it's it's like a quick download process. As soon as you engage with somebody, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Completely I different human beings. Yeah. It's like we're barely the same species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's nuts. It's like a wolf versus a poodle. That's wild. So is there any uh, any other uh, form of martial arts that you're interested in checking out, or are you pretty much... Uh, I'm fine with the grappling. You no, know, getting older. I did football, so I was like, I don't want to take any shots to the head. So anything with striking, mm, sure. really not interested in um, grappling. I'm just yeah. really interested in grappling. That's kind of the same boat I'm in with my knees and all that. I just I don't have any, any aspiration to throw head kicks or anything like that. I mean, I'll box I, a little bit, but not not for anything real serious. I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to get hit in the head. <laughs> I don't mind, if I like, I see the I see the punching bags. Uh-huh. I'll be a motherfucker on a punching bag, but I don't want to get punched back at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bags don't punch back. That's a nice thing. <laughs> I'll be a tough son of a bitch when that thing can't punch back. Yeah. Do you have any other like uh, like workout regimen or anything you do besides stuff at class? Do you have any like, uh, a dedicated process? For for a while there, I wasn't work. I'm I'm back into it now, but for a while there, because I, I had a bit of a back injury. Uh, what happened was I was at the other gym, the place we were at before Tarpons and I was walking somebody through a shoulder roll, right? Cause I hit him, I hit him with a, a shoulder roll. I blew it in judo. I was walking through that and two guys went airborne when I had three points in contact and landed on small oh, of my back. Oh. Yeah. oh yeah. I messed everything up. It was, pre- it was pretty bad for a while. So I had to lay off of it. Like, so I did just grappling, grappling on. I did some kettlebell work, like light kettlebell work and some pull-ups. But I'm actually back to full-on weightlifting, so I'll grapple three to four times a week, and I'll weightlift twice. Nice. Yeah. Good call. I oh, shouldn't mess with mics. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Got distracted by technical difficulties. <laughs> um, That's about it, though. Squats yes. are important, Josh. <laughs> good to know. Yep. So what do you do for a living, Ty? I'm a mechanical engineer. 
mechanical design engineer. That's which means what? Which means uh, <laughs> a lot of words. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, I just, when people ask me what my job is, I do that too, and then just wait for them yeah. to like, like what is that? Okay, so I work at a company uh, in the Quad Cities called Genesis Systems Group. Nothing mm-hmm. to do with the hospital, and we're uh, we're an OEM. We make capital equipment for people, specifically robotic systems. Nice. Right, so I make the things that make your stuff. <laughs> That's <essentially>. awesome. <laughs> so, so, um, like, and it's for all types of industry, uh, ag, auto, aerospace, do... So you guys build, like, the actual, like, welding robots and stuff? Okay, so we don't build the the actual robot, okay? So we what we build is the system. So, like, when you go to... Like the, the software background systems. Yeah, so when you when you actually see, like... Like uh, like an axle, or if you go anywhere here, combine like corn heads and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part is obviously the customers, right? But we'll do the tooling, which is the stuff that's holding all the parts. And then if you see the robot moving and all this other stuff, we didn't make the robot, but we'll, but we'll make everything else in there. So we're corp- uh, we're responsible for like the safety of the system, make mm. sure nobody gets hurt, okay? Uh, maintenance maintenance points, moving the robot back and forth, doing all this other stuff. We'll program the system for you. So we're an integrator. Not necessarily a manufacturer, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. How long have you been doing that? Uh, almost five years. Oh, wow. You like it? I like it. It's stressful. Yeah. The work I like, it's the customers I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that can be said about any job. It's just like somebody wants to change their mind and all this other stuff. Or somebody's like, well, we paid we paid for this. It's like, no, you, this is what you bought. Yeah. It says right here. Yeah, I have a receipt. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's always that. When you're all and dealing with any customer, yeah. So, but the difference is, it's not like, you know, we're not talking about, you know, forty bucks here or there. We're talking like hundred thousand, yeah, forty thousand dollars here. No joke. I, I have a hunch that you're not dealing with Joe Blow across the street. You're yeah, no. with like big name companies. Yes, yes, big name companies. All probably most of the cars on the street probably have something out of a company I've put machines. That's in. awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Uh, and uh, do you have anything anything big coming up? Any uh, competition or anything um, that you're gearing towards? We got one in March. I'm trying to see if I can do it. I might have to work. So that's the Loris. So uh, Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa. So it was nice because okay. that, that was one of the first tournaments I did in judo. And I ended up winning it. I ended up winning the novice, right, which is under brown belt. Mm-hmm. And I got second and above brown belt, and I was kind of pissed off about that because I got DQ'd. <laughs> for what? Uh, so I went for what's called an Ouchi, which is an inside trip. You head spike him? No, I didn't head spike him. We went down, and when we went down, we landed out of bounds on sides, right? So on our side, or we didn't – yeah, we landed on our sides. And I was, I was like, we were coming back up. Like, he was out of bounds, but I was still in, Uh-huh. right? So we could still keep going. And as we are coming up, I brushed his leg. Come up, so like I hit the mat and I came up, and they stopped the match, and I can't see anything because uh, at a judo competition, right, the the referees in, in this case were behind me, mm-hmm. right. Typically, like the like judges are at a neutral spot, so you can both see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see what's going on, so I'm sitting look, looking, looking, and this guy is looking at me and he like mouths, "I'm sorry," and I sit there, I drop my shoulders, and I get DQ'd in the final match. Oh, yeah, I was. And I was kind of manhandling guy. I was kind of upset. He was a black belt of like Kansas City or something like that. Oh, damn! So he knew. Yeah, he knew. So what are you? So uh, what are you competing in? Or planning to compete in? Uh, planning to compete in judo, and then in May, the I I don't know if I'll make the 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 March one, but in May I'm planning um, competing in sambo in Joliet. Well, so sambo is cool. Russian judo. 
Yeah. Huh. Okay. What's the difference? Uh, rule sets. And vodka. <laughs> vodka and uh, there's a... Vodka. Th- instead of a gi, like what you would see uh, us wear for jujitsu. Like that you shorts. Probably, shorts and a gi top, it's right? shorts, sure. essentially rushing, uh, wrestling shoes, and then it's called a kurtka. So the it's the big difference is like it's the same as like a judo gi top. The belt laces differently, and it's got these epaulets on the shoulders, which makes other throws real possible. Oh, okay. Oh. So like yeah. another handle. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Any... It's kind of cool because you can sit there and you can do what's like a very strong grip, and it's a devastating like throws come out of it. It's called like a George, and so you can, what you can do is like you can grab an epaulet. Right, so it's like essentially I'm grabbing like the top of your shoulder. And I can I can snap you down. And when I snap <laughs> you down, I can go over your back to where the belt laces. Right, because unlike a gi, where the belt kind of goes over and holds everything in, yeah. this actually laces like it's got loops in oh. it. Oh, so it stays in place, <laughs> which is nice. So it's always in that same spot. Yeah. So you can sit there and grab it, and then you're in a, what's called a Georgian grip, and it's it's oh, there's so many bad throws. <laughs> that, that, I bet that does not sound comfortable. Yeah, like yeah. you can hit one like. You've seen MMA. Yeah. Uh, you've seen, have you seen Ronda Rousey fight? Yeah. Okay. So like the, one of the big throws she hits is the Harai. It's a Harai. All right. Yeah. It's the half. It's that one where she clenched. It's like the only one she does. Really. Sure. Underhook one side. Yeah. Underhook one side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you can do that from that grip. And it, it, <laughs> instead of it being like, like a high amplitude throw, it's like a corkscrew where you end up landing your body weight right into their diaphragm. Oh. And it's all it's bad. <laughs> yeah. That sounds brutal. You hear that classic, <laughs> yep, as soon as you hit him. <laughs> well, uh, this is actually, uh, ending here is a perfect segue into our main topic, uh, which we will uh, get back to right after this quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, open source improv has taken over the Quad Cities. That's right, bringing together performers from every Quad City improv comedy troupe ever made. They have brought their sense of unadulterated, uncensored fun to several venues across the Quad Cities. If you want to see them next, check them out at the Fargo Lounge at Highland Park in Moline this next Saturday, February 11th, and returning to the Circa 21 Speakeasy Saturday, February 18th. You're not going to want to miss this. Sign up and join the revolution. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Hope you've enjoyed our fantastic advertising. So now it is time for our main topic. It's time for the main topic. Well, today on the podcast, our main topic uh, is going to be competition. So uh, we're going to maybe you know talk a little bit about uh, best and worst moments in competition. Why do we compete? Mm-hmm. Really just kind of anything in that, in that area. Um, and uh, Tyson, we're going to let you get you a, a break since you told just told a story. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bill and I can take a, a turn talking about just uh, and, and really any moment in it doesn't have to be. Uh, I got a good one for you. Yeah, go for it. It was it was the one time I actually went to a competition and actually participated in the competition. Those one in Chicago, right? In Chicago, yeah. it was in Naga, and uh, I won one out of my four matches. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best showing. <laughs> And uh, I learned first. It was my first. Okay. Yeah. And I had no idea what to expect. And I was the idiot that went in and the intermediate uh, division. Mm. I did not expect to see purple belts. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I got, I got lit pretty good there. Um, But the the one thing that competition really shows me and the, the one thing that really affected me was as soon as I signed up, as soon as I said, okay, I'm officially going to do this. Mm. My entire lifestyle changed 100% changed. Because I knew that I was going into something 
to where everyone else is going to be putting in that exact same effort. It wasn't like I am yeah. I am the sole person trying to do this. Like right now, if I were to get up at 5 a.m. and go run, I know I'm probably the only one doing that for <laughs> the reason why I'm doing it. Okay. Just to be doing it. It sure. doesn't make any sense. I have no drive. I have no motivation. But as soon as I, like, in my brain, signed on the dotted line and paid that entrance fee, which was freaking ridiculous, <laughs> I, 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 my diet got on point, my water intake tripled. I mean, I, I got to the gym almost every single day. No matter what I was doing, it turned into a heavy priority. And I just, I made time. And it, it, it changes everything about what you're doing. And I can totally see why that's important for people. I mean, it's just like, it's a goal, but now it's officially a hard goal that I can't get out of. I'm going whether I'm ready or not. Yeah. If I don't make weight, I'm going against people who are three times my size instead of two size my time, my size. Sure. Size my yeah. size. <laughs> and, no, that math but, checks out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I went in there at 170 pounds and I should have been 160. Uh, realistically, with my size, I should be 160. Yeah. But I was a little overweight, so I got into the 170 bracket. And the first guy I beat... And I got him by rear naked choke. And by the way, this is all on YouTube if you guys want to look it up. And so it's official. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I, it's evidence that I did it. Put the, put the link in the description. Hey, I put up the ones I lost too. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, anyway, so I beat the first guy by RNC and I was so gassed after that. <laughs> like you don't understand sure. adrenaline dump until it happens. Like I know people out there like, oh yeah, adrenaline dump. Nobody understands what adrenaline really is <laughs> oh. until it happens. And it was fun. It was funny because I don't think I took a breath the entire actual match. The match itself lasted maybe two minutes, and I don't think I actually inhaled. It was <laughs> don't there was, breathing. There was no breathing <laughs> because I had to match. Okay, so I'm the kind of guy to where I have to match the intensity of my opponent. Sure. If they're a laid back, relaxed style opponent, I will also be laid back and relaxed. If they're a heavy intensity, trying to rip my head off kind of opponent, I have to do that as well, or else I will die. Sure. So this person, my first match. I could tell he was a little green. You know, he hadn't done it in a long time. I can I could kind of feel that. And it was a no-gi competition, and he was coming out with an intensity that was hard for me to match. Like, he got the takedown. He got on top. He got in mount right away. Oh, so wow. <laughs> instantly, I was in trouble in a tournament, my first match. So adrenaline freaking kicked in, man. <laughs> that fight-or-flight response is real, because my fight turned on heavy. And I got out. And we got into a dogfight situation, and I've taken his back, and I ended up flattening him out. And the funny thing is, if you look at the video, Tony Garza is just yelling at me the entire time to do something. <laughs> and I finally do it, and I end up getting the choke. And afterwards, you just see my face is just white. Oh, wow. There is no blood in my head. <laughs> and I, I, go, I, go over, I go over to you know the guys and everything, and they're all giving me high fives and they're saying good job. And I looked at Carrie because she was there. I'm like, I'm dizzy. Like, I'm seeing black and white in spots. Oh, Jesus. I need to sit down. And I had about 15 seconds before my next match. Oh, holy uh, shit. And, and oh, worst. man. And I was just like, holy God. And the next guy that went against was a, uh, a, who's a purple belt. I found it afterwards because he was also in the gi division I was in. And I saw he had purple on. I'm like, uh, I'm a brand new blue. Like, yeah. brand new. I should not have been blue. But I was blue <laughs> because because my contract was up and Travis needed to blue belt me. <laughs> That's why I was blue. And so I go up against him and he hits me with this collar choke that flips me and puts me on my back and chokes me as soon as I hit the back. Whoa. He was good. Like he knew what he was doing. And that wrecked me for the entire rest. Because as soon as you get that seed of doubt in your brain, sure. you're like, oh, I'm going against people who are a lot better than me. You no longer win. 
because you just expect to lose. So then it's okay if you lose. You accept that as 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 a thing. I that's a complete. I 100% sympathize with you with that because when I was doing wrestling, mm-hmm. I would. Uh, so you like you enter in tournaments and all that stuff. I was terrific in dual meets, mm-hmm. right? But my style when it comes to like live competition isn't the most conducive always to um, to tournaments. Yeah. Because I use in competition, I use a lot of energy, right? I'm t- doing the takedown and then like my like one of the reasons why I'm so good at putting on pressure. Well, I'm using energy there. I'm not resting there. I'm putting, I'm driving like my legs are driving down. I'm right. using a lot of energy there, mm-hmm. but. The, I can get away with it in like in a dual meet, so it's only at the wrestle once, or I can get away with it at like Tarvin's or something like that, because I know that I'm putting more, I'm wearing the guy out more. Yeah. Right. But if some, but when I have to go do it again, well, the next person's like, I don't get to <laughs> reap the benefits of it because I'm not facing the same guy again. It's not like it's the best, but it's not like a round robin against this person again. Yeah. No, you're on to somebody else who probably who might have had a quick match and is fresh, so yeah. they had longer oh, rest yeah. ratios. Oh, it's. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. So like my best tournaments, it was like my coaches would just they wouldn't they would tell me when I was up, but they wouldn't tell me who I was going up against or anything because I would I would freak out about <laughs> yeah. about like ranking and all this other stuff. So like sure. it was funny because like by the time they figured that out, because when I wrestled like my freshman sophomore year, I think I had seven matches total. Mm. That was it. Like because I was good enough where they kept me on a varsity alternate, so I didn't get a whole lot of experience. Yeah. So my junior comes around. It's like I'm well undersized for 215 because we had a great 189 pounder. Still one of my good friends. And well, like okay, so I'm 205 wrestling at 215. So these guys are cutting down. So I'm already smaller than them. And <laughs> they just figured out. It's like we're just not gonna tell you who you're going against. It's like you just go out there and do let what it, you do. Let, let yeah. it be a surprise. Yeah. And yeah. it was like. I've- Watch out for this, this, and this. All right, go. And it was a smack on the ass. And <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but I completely sympathize with you. And that's, like, one of the reasons why I, like, I mentally have to put little value in that belt. Yeah. I have to, I, I don't care. anymore. Yeah. That's why, like, I say, like, like, I'm obviously better than, like, a white belt. I'm better than a green belt in judo. Mm-hmm. I don't care because it's about winning and losing at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So I have to, I disvalue that. I, and like all modes of my life, I have to disvalue that belt rank color because otherwise I'll freak out. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it is stressful. It is. It is 100%. And, and going on the same lines, like this uh, April, I will be getting my purple belt. So if I look at the competition I will be keeping in the purple belt division, like once I get purple belt, I can't go into a tournament as a white belt. That, sure, yeah. that just doesn't work. You right. Know? They'll they'll see my purple belt. I'm like you're you're not beginner. <laughs> you're a purple belt. So like I I really feel kind of like almost uh, like I should have been doing that a lot sooner. You know I feel like I kind of got pushed into a high belt. Yeah. Like I would have loved to been able to compete at a white belt level, like beginner stuff, because you look like Beckman and all them winning gold, and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So. I mean, Another Beckman, not me. Uh, yeah, yeah, other Beckman, sorry. <laughs> D- different Beckman. Uh, so, I mean, it makes me a little bit jealous, to be honest. Uh, you know, see them going against the competition that they're going against. You know, knowing what I know now, yeah. if I could have, you know, if I if I were a white belt now with what I know, I know I would do well in a tournament. But going at the current state that I'm at now, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. So I almost feel like I need to do something while I'm still a blue belt. But then again, I'm going to be rushing it because I only have until April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so if you're going to make the decision, you have to make it like now. And I, I'm in no place 
with time or finances sure to be able to actually fully commit to not only because when you sign up for a, a big competition you're not just signing up the the entry rate you're also you're also paying for all of your new healthy food that you have to eat yeah you're also taking time off of work so you can train if yeah. you're in my situation um if you don't currently have a gym membership somewhere else that has a, like a sauna you need to do that you know there's little things that you have to prepare for especially food food's huge sure yeah. i mean you can't be eating cheap food if you're going to be cutting weight yeah. it just well, doesn't especially work. if you're competing like in chicago yeah you've got to then you got to travel and you've got lodging and exactly yeah there's there's a lot of little things and then if you don't have a white gi you have to have a white gi actually at naga you don't have to do that i think it maybe i'd be jjf i think you might. what do you have to have a white gi i think it's just stuff they do like uh oh uh, just stuff well I, I, I know i know with rash guards the rash guard has to be the color of your belt because gotcha. when you do nogi, they have to be able to tell what belt you are. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm just I'm assuming that I think that goes with white keys as well, but maybe not. Because uh, I see allow, a lot of blues. Do they, do they allow like a lot of decals and all that stuff on it? As um, long as it's the predominant color. Because I know like I think in, so. In judo, because I don't have to I don't have to worry about a rash guard because we're not allowed to wear rash guards. Mm. So in in judo, it's like you have underwear, you have your pants. Yeah. You have your, your gi top. And your, belt. and your belt that's yeah. it that's yeah. it they're, they're, uh, women are allowed to have something there yeah sure. uh, but not you know that's men. that's honestly one thing that i've always been a little bit jealous of the guys that go into tarpons and stuff that don't have a rash guard on like i am so self-conscious and then i see guys going there i'm like okay i'm in better shape than that guy and he's not wearing it can i get away with it <laughs> can i just not have to wear a rash guard that'd be pretty cool i can i want to have to wash that every single time yeah That'd be nice. It's the little things, you know? It's the little things in life. Exactly. I, I wear one because I don't want a rash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. It got its name for a reason. It's right. Like, like, that was the annoying part. It's like, when I do judo competitions, you don't have that rash guard on. Because, mm -hmm. like, and that's the, like, the adrenaline, on, on the story of the adrenaline jump. Mm -hmm. A dump, sorry. Um, in judo, like, so when we do, like, our randori, which is our live goes, it's a lot more laid back when you're in when you're in the class setting it, it just is. sure well it, the judo rule set um uh, you can get stalling like you can get disqualified for not being aggressive enough oh right so because the match is only four minutes long i don't know what it is in jiu-jitsu uh at top five at top five okay so in judo it's now with the new rule sets four right and you get called quickly like within about 15 seconds if you're not attacking you so Damn. it's so you have to go from Okay, like you bow to each other, you bow again, and all of a sudden it's it's on. Now we need to be attacking, and yeah. it's really Shit. really stressful, and it's really hard <laughs> because, like you can't. It's hard because your mind is racing, and you're trying not to be tense. Because in judo, when you're tense, and because you're you're you've got a a grip, right? So you're not get so. But I have to relax my grip in order to do a throw to attack. Yeah. So if I'm real tense and I relax, you know an attack's coming, so it's really hard to, <laughs> uh, to, yeah. to be yeah. loose so while your mind's that. racing going, oh, shit, oh, shit, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and uh, and that, you're like, how much time's passed? Do I need to do this right now? Yeah, on, on that exact same point, the transition from being in a very peaceful, loving, caring environment... <laughs> To having a person trying to rip your skull out of your face sure. is instantaneous. Yeah. I mean, yep. it it goes from you're standing on the sidelines joking to your buddy, and then they call your name, you walk up, you know, you bow onto the mat, you bow to the referees, you bow to each other, you put on your anklets, and then, you know, 
kind of get ready, slap hands, knuckles, and all of a sudden this guy is trying to throw you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a weird thing for a guy who's who's very not aggressive like myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not be one to pick a fight. I am not one to even ever being in a fight. You know, it's it, it, it's such a weird transition. You know, and like for example, as of a breaking point, oh, two Tuesdays ago, the week before I started my new job, and there was an MMA fighter there who I had never met. I think his name was Alex, mm-hmm. and just ripped dude, huge. And I'm like, all right. He asked if you if I want to roll, and he was going nogi, of course, because he's just, uh, MMA fighter. So I take my gi top off and everything. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine, man. Let's go ahead and roll. You know, get a few in, have some fun. And he proceeds to first accidentally, I'm assuming, knee me in the face, gives me oh. a, a fat lip. Oh. I'm, I'm bleeding everywhere. And then he gets in a knee bar, and he goes about four seconds after I tap. And oh, it just the intensity, God. it was so high. Like, I I think the difference is, is that that is where he lives. Sure. He lives yeah. in that intensity at all times. He's always running in the red, as it were. Yeah. And I, I barely get over 2,000 RPM. <laughs> you know, I'm just always so laid back in my role that I, I think that's one of the big that, reasons why. That was one of the nice things about being at our old gym is because it was an MMA gym. Mm-hmm. So when we did jiu-jitsu, a lot of those guys would go jiu-jitsu, then they'd go no-gi. And we, I'd do it with him. Mm-hmm. That was one of the nice things that when we go live, you know, it was, it was exhausting. Yeah. It was physic like it was so much tougher than tarpons. I like tarpons, but that live go, cause all those guys train so much harder, which isn't always smart. It's not, it's good to do that sometimes, but you can't yeah. do it every day. It's not sustainable. Sure. Yeah. 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 You'll well, get, so- you'll get hurt. You'll one, it's one, just not good. one thing that I've realized with my entire Tarpons career, all 10 years of it, is that one of my biggest weaknesses is that I like to joke around more than actually <laughs> choke people. <laughs> I like to make people laugh and joke around and have fun sure. and, and be in a fun environment versus try to hurt somebody. That's just not who I am. So you so you get them in like a rear naked and then you tell a joke. Actually, yeah, I, kinda. I mean <laughs> you whisper it really close well, into their ear. Like for example, that, that goes really well with my flow state that I get into where I'm just riding on top. I'm just surfing the person. You know, I'm enjoying the top dominant position. Because when I'm in the dominant position, I don't have to work as hard. Sure. <laughs> I can just talk. I can have fun. I can joke sure. around with the person. I can tell them what they're doing wrong so they can fix it. That's why I like teaching so much. Yeah. You know, even when I'm sparring, I like to teach. I like to in, I like to actually help them get out of that spot. That is such a hard transition to being into a competition setting. Sure. It's such it's on the other side of the fence literally that I <laughs> It's it's hard to manage, and I think that's one of the biggest shocks. We get it, Bill. You can brag about that you're allowed to mount your students while the rest of us can't. <laughs> I get it. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, to, <laughs> to, segue, to segue away from that a little, kind of in the same vein, uh, as two people who have done their fair share of competition, what would you say uh, it, you – what do you get out of it at the end of the day? Like win, lose, or draw? What is, what is – the thing, uh, do you feel a consistent takeaway from those moments? I'll let you start this one off. Um, Especially with your variety of competition. So, football, like team sports, is a completely different thing. So, like losses in team sports, they're much different than a loss in grappling, where you're it's primarily individual, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in... In folk style in high school, like your team could still win a tournament even if you lose, right? Because there's points gathered oh, on, but sure. that doesn't really happen at in grappling when you're outside of high school or college. Yeah. So, uh, 
I can tell you that certain times and during losses, it was like I know if I played my ass off, it was really hard not to get pissed off at somebody else. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. For not right. doing their for share. not doing their job or not trying as hard. Like for not like it's 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 wrong, but it's it's just a human thing that happens. Is like because then you have to go and watch the tape. And then you have to watch, like, you're, you're sitting there breaking it down, play by play, and you're seeing fuck-ups and all that stuff. It's like, how could you mess this up? We practiced all this time. We knew they were going to do that. Yeah. And you still, you brain-farted, and you got somebody <laughs> sat. In the heat and of the it, moment, and you it lost was just focus. Like, Come on, and... man. Sure. It's like, you sit there and practice. This is what you wanted to do. And you're sitting there, and you're fucking it up. And it's really hard not to just get on somebody's case. And But, w- again, when you win, it's like, well, now I've got, like, 100, or if you went at home and went away. It depends on your team size. Sure. But it's like when you win, it's like, fuck yeah, we won. So it's like a party of 50 to 100. Yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. But the losses, nice. it's, it's so much harder because then you think about like, what could I do better and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah. When in grappling, it's like, well, okay, what did I, it's like, you have to dissect it and you have to, okay, okay, like, what did I do? What went wrong? Was my conditioning off? What happened? And you have to try to walk through that. So it's like you skip a lot of the other emotions. And you go straight to dissecting what went wrong or okay. what you did. Because you can't blame the guy for beating you. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You can't blame the ref for giving him something. It's like, well, I shouldn't have allowed that to happen. It shouldn't have been in the ref's hands. You should sure. get pointed out. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's completely two different losses. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like, uh, like if you're in a relationship with somebody and somebody screws up, and it's like you kind of... Mm, and you want to blame them or something? You know what I mean? It's like, I can't believe you did that. It's like, we talked about that, and you still did it. <laughs> the kind of thing. It's like, it happens, sure. right? Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah. Lo- losing sucks. Yeah. Is what I'm getting down losing to. sucks 100% Every, of the time. I hate yeah, losing. That's doing. like, yeah. like, I always say, like, winning's my fa- by far my favorite drug. Yeah. It's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's really nothing like it. It's one of the best things in the world. So yeah. would you say that that is the 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 takeaway, the drive to compete is uh motivated by kind of chasing that high, or is the that that winner's high uh just a really happy byproduct of your drive? I would say it's almost because if you if you, if that winning high wasn't there, there wouldn't really be a reason. There's no motivation for it. Like otherwise yeah. you're just in all reality, otherwise you're just spending money to go grapple. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a fair point. It's like yeah. you're spending time. It's like you sit there, you grinded, you did all the effort, you watched your diet, you did all this work. It's like I want to win. I'm doing that and I'm working harder because I want to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the end of the line. I want to win. I want to be better. Right. It's like I've worked my ass off in all my aspects of my life to be better than you. Sure. Equality be damned. No one. I'm going to be better. <laughs> no one busts their ass to just, oh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 That makes yeah. sense. Bill, yeah. what do you, how about you? I'm in a very similar boat. He, he stole a lot of the words I was going to use. <laughs> um, so the thing that actually happened for me, coming from someone who, who both won and then subsequently lost and lost and lost and lost. <laughs> um, the cool thing about winning is it's, it's euphoric. Mm-hmm. It's legit euphoric. I mean, I've never done any hard drugs, but I can only imagine that's what they mean by euphoric. <laughs> um, for a record, I, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where all that hard work that you just put in actually meant something. Sure. You know, 
it justified your actions through the previous up to like six months. You know, every time you went to the gym when you didn't want to, every time you got up early when you could have slept in, you know, every single time you were like, why am I doing this? That just gave you an answer of why you were doing it. Um, and then when you lose, it's the exact opposite. You know, why did I get up all that to all those times early? Why did yeah. I do this? Why did I do that? It was completely worthless. I mean, it's the most humbling experience, but at the same time that, that getting humbled gives you a sense of clarity that you wouldn't have normally had, had you not lost, especially if you're able to like what Ty said, go back and, and, and see what's really cool is if you can actually go back and see that, that one mistake that you made that got you in that position. Yeah. Because then you will never make that mistake again. One hundred percent guarantee. Or if you, you ever do again, pain, you'll be pain like, is a good teacher. A pain is yeah. a very good teacher. It's a very good teacher. And that's why an important thing to note is knowing how to take a loss. Because yeah. some people yeah. will just turn it inward and they'll become their own worst enemy and they'll ruin like ruin their career in whatever they're doing. Like I've seen guys in football who uh were quote unquote stars at their high school. Sure. Right? And they're coming in this practice. Well they're so the freshmen coming in, so they're younger. They're used to starting because they've always started and all yeah. this other stuff. And it's like, no, now you're going with everybody who was that as well. Right, yeah, now you're, you're nobody. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're going against a bunch of people who are quote-unquote killers <laughs> who all want <sighs> that same thing. Yeah. And by the way, they're, a lot of them now are older than you. Yeah. They've got more experience. They've got more time training. They're and, bigger. And, they're and stronger. Used, used to it. Yeah. And I've seen yeah. guys quit because they who's not funny anymore it's not well it's not it's not fun because you're not on top of the top of the board anymore. sure yeah well it, it really shows you why you're doing it you know because everybody's yeah. doing it for a different reason like i like i was just saying before it's like i don't at at this point in my life i don't think i do jujitsu to get the sensation of victory i generally don't i think i do it because of the camaraderie i think i do it because it's enjoyable for me i think i do it because of all the years i put into it has put me into a skill position to where i'm successful most of the time except for this guy and <laughs> I, I think i think i go there because it's fun and it's a habit now because i go so often that it'd be harder for me not to go than it is for me to go you know like when i know it's when i know it's tarpon's day it's tarpon's day there's no well i'm sore or oh man i am tired or man my feet hurt you know, it's, it's Tarpon's day. Yeah. That's just the way it is. It's like, it's like brushing your teeth at night or getting out of bed in the morning. It just is what it is. So having that competitive drive is different when you get to that position. You know, now my competition is with my friends. Yeah. You know, like I know like someday I will beat Ty someday, maybe when we're old and gray, <laughs> but I might have to Nancy Kerrigan him. Ty and then comes in just with food poisoning. And he's like, I just came to say hi. I'm going to head out. And no, like, no, no rolling. You get on the mat right now. Yeah. I will clean up after her. It is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really <laughs> to expound on what he was saying earlier about, you know, the best of the best of being there. That's the same thing. It is like at a tournament too. Mm-hmm. that's the first thing i realized it's like we were all up the warming warming up area at the top where everybody just kind of congregates while they're waiting mm-hmm. for brackets to get built and i was up there and everybody up there is like they're the best in their gym you know yeah. we had like a hundred and something gyms represented when i went and i'm like everybody there is the killer of their gym yeah so it's like if you're not that killer and you're there 
why are you there? <laughs> yeah. And that's what goes through your head when you lose. Yeah, because no one wants to I pay here? like a Naga's 150 bucks. Yeah, it's 150 bucks. Sure. Why yeah. would you want to, you wouldn't want to pay 150 bucks if you thought you were going, no one's going to, yes, here's $150, please kick my ass. No one, <laughs> exactly. no one goes through that. You're going yeah. in there with some confidence. Yeah. Into there going, you know, I can, I think I can compete. I need to kick at least $150 mm-hmm. worth of ass yeah. to make this worth well, it. Well, and, and if everything goes well, you don't just leave there with a gold medal. You leave there with a title too. True. Of, you know, champion of that tournament. So like you see all like, <laughs> you know, Henzo and, and, and Royler and all those guys where they say, you know, like uh, uh, some big tournament champion, you know, of this and this, two-time world yeah. champion and this and this. There's a reason why they say that. It's because they went and they did that and they won, you know, against all the best people. Yeah. So it, it adds a little bit of street cred to your name, as it were. Well, I think in the, having those competitions, not just in something like, you know, uh, like judo or or jujitsu or anything like that. The fact that those things exist, like I've done, uh, I've done one stand-up competition in my entire stand-up career, uh, and I did it once, and I'll never do it again because it was an awful experience. Because it was kind of uh, what you said, Bill, earlier of the like losing reminds you like what you're there for. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I I've never started stand-up because I wanted to get my own Comedy Central special. I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. I did stand-up because all of the comedians I was working with also did stand up. So the competition came and I was like 10 bucks to enter the it's for a charity. So whatever. Yeah. I'll throw 10 bucks in. And it was the worst experience. It was so awful. What, what made it bad? Um, well at first I was still fairly new to stand up. So I, I just, I didn't have, uh, I, I didn't put in the work to be honest. I didn't go to as many open mics to test new material. I didn't spend time writing new material. I just had a set, uh, the venue for the contest altered, like it changed every week. And so whatever bracket you were in, you know, it was like, all right, be here this night, this time, this is when you go up. And then the top five or the top three from all the prelims go to the finale and then we do a big showcase. And so I went to, to my bracket and, uh, another, something that also makes it different with comics, uh, at least the certain style of competitions where they have, uh, what are called bringer shows mm-hmm. where the winner is decided by audience vote. Mm-hmm. So people will get a thing and like people will bring their friends and it'll be like, you score all the comics from uh, one to five, and they'll give their friend to five, everyone else ones, regardless of how anything goes, just uh, to help them name. help them advance. Usually, the finales are by, like, judges mm-hmm. and, like, real things, but, like, getting through those prelims, you can usually get through with a bringer show. And uh, I went after one of the worst comics I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't live here anymore. He moved away, but he was just the worst. He was not funny. He would go way over his time and he was just super annoying. But he brought two tables full of people. Uh. So I went up, so he went up, Every all of us comedians are in the back just groaning like, God, this is fucking terrible. Why is this <laughs> happening? I'm up next. Alright. They He gets off the stage, goes out to have a cigarette. By the time I get up to stage, I turn around and see that those two tables have left. <laughs> Those two tables went out to go congratulate their buddy on what a great set he did. Yeah. Oh, dear God. And so I did my set to roughly a third of a room and wow. was like, you know, whatever. I just, I did some jokes and it, 
I, I got my, my jollies out of it. And uh, after that, I was just like, you know what? Stand-up competitions are bullshit yeah. for me. Like, the, some people, like, I, there are other comics I've worked with who, like, um, two of them that I work with fairly frequently won uh, Funniest Person in Iowa competition last year, which the next Funniest Person in Iowa competition is coming up soon, and I'm hoping to go. I'm not going to be in it, but I'm going to go support some of my friends who are competing. Uh, but it's it's not for me because that's not what I'm there for. Like, it's I have no drive to win a contest to get a headlining spot like if you show throw me an opportunity and you're like hey do you want to do uh five to ten minutes sure man i'll jump up and do five to ten minutes whatever yeah well, i you, have you, it yeah five ten minutes in your back pocket anytime exactly anywhere, so i've got probably uh i've probably got like a half hour of polished work but i would never want to go and just do a full half hour yeah. because it's just not it's not my drive it's not what i'm there for it's not your scene exactly i just i'm i'm a part of this and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy working with all these people. But the competition part of that is just, it's not for me. Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, is the cool thing, and I'm going to bring this back to jujitsu because this is kind of the one thing that we all kind of share, except for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two thirds of the room. We, two two yeah, thirds of the room. The majority of the room. The majority of the room shares uh, us. Half the room, you two, and then me and Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> oh, that's true. Hi, Forrest. Sorry. Um, we don't reference Forrest Whitaker in our podcast. Forrest enough. Whitaker does jujitsu, by the way. Forrest. Oh, oh no, I, I, I have no idea. Oh, I just made that up. <laughs> this whole dynamic just changed. He's on our side now. <laughs> He's got, not here to defend himself. So oh, Forrest Whitaker, yeah, yeah go ahead. I'll go. This, I'll go on Wikipedia I'll and change it. that yeah, fact. Do it. This just turned into a jujitsu <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so the jujitsu quiz podcast. Yes, the jujitsu quiz podcast. <laughs> We're gonna armbar you with funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wrecking your funny bone. <laughs> so the thing about being in a jujitsu school is there's always competition amongst people because I know exactly who's above me, regardless of belt. I'm talking skill level. Sure. And I know exactly who's below me. That moment when someone who's below me starts to encroach upon me, you better know I'm going to work a lot harder the next couple <laughs> of weeks to reestablish myself as above that person. Yeah. For example... Cheney, Ryan Cheney, mm-hmm. he was always below me, always, and then he beat me, and I'm like, never again, <laughs> never again. So we've gone to a draw pretty much every time we roll nice. because I block him. I don't do submissions, so I don't. He doesn't have to worry about me. But yeah, it's it it, it there's a continual drive with the competition in amongst schools. Yeah, and that's one of the nice things about like, and why you you almost need to and grappling to go to go to a competition just to see what doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah right it's like it's your corrective system like so you might be like at, at your gym right and like some i mean you could see that in folk style wrestling a lot especially because when it starts competing at like the national level like you'll see like pencil you'll see like illinois and iowa are really good ohio and pennsylvania are really good and you can see other states that are are, are quite frankly lacking mm-hmm. and but you can you can almost, at least traditionally back when I was doing the folk style, it was like when you went to like Ohio, it was like where Illinois and Iowa kids were extremely good in the referee's position, both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when you're essentially when you start off in the down. Oh, okay. The Ohio kids were nowhere near as good as Illinois, Iowa, and Pennsylvania, right? So it was it was kind of like a regional thing. So it's like when you're trapped at like a single gym for a while, it's like you can be 
forming habits because nobody at your gym might be good at blocking that technique or something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. When yeah. somebody else somewhere else is like, oh, we can fucking block that all day. Right. Yeah. I mean, we know exactly yeah, how everybody, to, everybody to get past that. that. It's well, not, that, not that good of a, a yeah. technique and we just know how to block it. So it's always good that you have a, a corrective system, which is it's huge. And I wish more things in my life and even in my, my profession – because my profession, we kind of have, like, we have corrective systems for things, right? With yeah. quality management and all this other stuff. But not enough things have corrective systems where you're, you're allowed to go down a rabbit hole, where you're allowed to go mm-hmm. down this path and then actually test it. Because, you know, in, on paper or when anybody's letting you do something to them, yeah. you look like a star. Everything oh, yeah. looks great. <laughs> so you see all but, the YouTube techniques. Yeah. But oh, then when yeah. you actually like go to it, it's like this whole sequence of techniques that takes 30 seconds to get to this one position doesn't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> the 16 I mean, move sequences. Yeah. yeah it just, no, it's just like, cause they're going to stop you here. And then if you get to like, out of the 16 moves, you get to five and, they, and then all of a sudden you're on your back. It's like, well, you did that wrong. No, no, your <laughs> technique's not really efficient. Yeah. It's good It's good against the white belt who's letting you do it because he doesn't fucking know any better. Yeah. He or she doesn't know any better. But it's completely different when you have somebody in there who goes, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. No, I'm not not today. <laughs> that, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> this is not happening. That, yeah. That's one of my favorite things to say to the newer white belts that come in and start smashing me like, that's enough. <laughs> one, of, one of the things, I, one of the things I do, and I feel like a dickhead, but I, I, I do. I, when I do this, it's for me, right? Because it's like we're going, we're going, and I, to keep me from ramping up and going all stuff. Because like we're going at a certain pace, certain guys I'll will ramp up against because the, the matching intensities on other stuff. But to make sure it's like I'm not ramping up against somebody particularly smaller than me. Like I'm, I'm two hundred five pounds. Right. And like, I'll go against somebody like there's a girl named Rebecca, right? Rebecca's half my size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, right? <laughs> literally half my size is like, there's no, like I can practice technique and all this other stuff, but there's no point in me smashing. I'm not going to get anything out of smashing somebody half my size. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pointless. So like one of the things I do against like certain people to keep my cool, right. To make sure I'm not doing anything stupid is I'll start singing whatever songs on. Right now, I was going to against. I was in Moline. That, that explains something to me right there. That's now. fantastic. That's why he was stringing Backstreet Boys as he was smashing me. Yeah. Okay, good. So, well, the, the funny one was uh, uh, I was going against a purple belt over in Moline, and he's a very good purple. I can't remember his name. For Maybe life Leo? Me. Uh, not Leo. Uh, this guy was much bigger than Leo. So, uh, white gentleman, gray goatee. Oh, uh, pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. You know I, what I'm talking I, about. He's, I don't remember his name. He's really good, but he doesn't. He only does a couple things, so it's like, I, I, I'm like, okay, he's got good top game. Yeah, I'm gonna I, look, exactly I took bottom. About. He's another judo guy, I think. Is he? Yeah. Okay, he had very good top game, so I'm like, okay, I let him take top because I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there practicing, trying to get out of the positions I hate being in. There you go. Right, and I finally get to the top position. Right, instead of freaking out, I started singing the song. Well, they just had the radio on, so it was Heart of Glass. So he gets pissed <laughs> off at me because I'm sitting there, I'm on top, I'm starting smashing, I'm singing Heart of Glass. I'm like, then I found out. And hard glass, and they're passing out. <laughs> <laughs> they're choking him. <laughs> and he's like, he was a little bit pissed off. I mean, I was like, the, the singing wasn't for me bragging about you. That was for me to keep calm. <laughs> and like, people get discouraged. I'm like, I was like, don't, no, it's not for you. That's for me to keep calm, keep my regulator. And that's one of the things I do to keep calm. It's that's like, awesome. I'll put, like, even in like other aspects of my life, I'll put on music and I'll just. So they're in this like karaoke of the words. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like it happened to me doing it while we were wrestling. So, yeah, right. there we go. <laughs> That's incredible. All right. Well, I think uh, I think ending on, on Thai karaoke is a, is a great way to close up this podcast. <laughs> so uh, we are going to uh, be wrapping up 
for today. So uh, on behalf of uh, my co-host, Bilapaquist, thank you, Ty, for coming in and, and being on the show. We hope to have you back, uh, especially after you compete. We'd love to have you back on to kind of oh, yeah, hear how all, all that all went. And uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>